You're listening to Tech Thursday on West Limerick 102 FM. Hello there and you're very welcome to Tech Thursday. It's Patrick Sheehan with you. I'm going to be bringing you some of the latest tech news, uh, just browsing through the news, things like that, and we'll mix in a bit of music. So our first story today is about Tesla. Of course, their CEO isn't a big fan of all the big shutdown. He thinks that that things should be opened up uh, with masks and social distancing and things like that. It should should be safely opened up and things like that. So he's a, he's a fan of that, um, which I suppose will, is going to happen eventually, but... Um, has to be done <coughs> safely, and I suppose the, the places that are more affected will have to wait a little bit longer, uh, let it calm down a bit so it can be safely reopened. But anyway, his remarks overshadowed an otherwise successful quarter that took many investors by surprise, as the automaker peers were hit by a slump in consumer demand and forced factory shutdowns. Uh, Tesla actually were profitable. Uh, Their profitable quarter comes just a day after the Detroit-based rival Ford reported a $2 billion loss in the first quarter and another $5 billion in the current quarter as the coronavirus pandemic hits demand. Uh, General Motors earlier this week suspended its dividend and share buybacks and will report their earnings later on in May. So that makes it surprising that Tesla actually made a quarterly profit and that they're doing okay. So I suppose that's that's good for them, and this uh, I, they work very online, of course, and um, with a lot less with dealerships than other car than other car companies. You know, the a lot of the car companies are you know come and sit down in the car and try to. Tesla is almost like an online company, you know. So they do a lot of selling their cars online, and you just get it delivered and. Even the servicing, they just come and pick it up and take it away and that kind of thing. So maybe that's why um, they're doing they're doing a bit better because people are buying online, even their cars, I guess. Amazon sees possible uh, loss, uh, second quarter loss, as it forecasts $4 billion in COVID-19-related costs. That's come surprising now because obviously everybody is buying online at the moment. So it's, it's quite surprising that they're actually making a loss. Uh, They said it could uh, post its first quarterly loss in five years, uh, even as revenue surges, because it's spending at least $4 billion in response to the COVID-19 pandemic, including plans to test its workforce for COVID-19. Yeah, but I still think they're making a lot more than that. Like, their revenue is surging, so, like, uh, the tests can't cost all that much for their staff, you know, and maybe that's something they should be doing anyway. I'm sure uh, Jeff Bezos won't be going broken. <laughs> uh, the company's founder and the world's richest person said, we're not thinking small, a sign that the e-commerce company uh, could invest heavily during the pandemic. Uh, rival brick-and-mortar retailers have had to shut stores while Amazon hired 175,000 people. This quarter, with government-mandated lockdowns at full swing, Amazon said it could see a 28% rise in revenue to, to 81 billion. So, in other words, there's nothing wrong with them. <laughs> they're actually doing really, really well out of it, and they're just complaining. Um, okay, we're going to take a bit of music now, and we'll be back after this with some more of the tech news. You're listening to Tech Thursday with Patrick Sheen. The next story we have here is Apple sales. Uh, they inch higher despite coronavirus, but the CEO uh, says. Tim Apple, as they call him, <laughs> uh, sees uncertain future. Um, so Tim Cook said that Apple last night reported sales and profits that beat Wall Street expectations, saying that China sales were headed in the right direction 
as the country reopens from the coronavirus. But Mr Cook said it was impossible to forecast overall results for the current quarter because of uncertainty created by the virus. What's helped them also is their paid apps and services. Their subscribers um, have gone up to 515 million. Uh, So China, where the virus was first detected, is both a major market for Apple, supplying about a sixth of its overall sales and also home to the most of Apple contract factories. Yeah, of course, they're famous for making them in China. And next up, we have a story about Vodafone. They're launching a totally unlimited mobile data offer. Well, we know like three network do unlimited data, so... Vodafone is starting to do the same thing. Uh, Vodafone Ireland has announced a totally unlimited mobile data offering for new and existing customers with no fair usage policy restrictions in place. The mobile operator has announced a range of packages for both business and consumers, which include unlimited data in Ireland and across Europe and unlimited international calls on selected plans. Each unlimited plan is built around how different customers use their phones and the plans offer different maximum mobile data speeds to match how consumers use their data. Oh, so it's like, oh, it depends on how much you pay and things, uh, the speed you get, but you get unlimited data. It's just how fast the data you get. Uh, Minutes to contract home and abroad. Now, I wonder, is this pay-as-you-go, or is it just for the bill-pay customers, I wonder? The plan also allows customers to easily use social media, stream music, and watch movies on the go. Due to COVID-19, Vodafone uh, have said that business and employees are increasingly relying on mobile technology to manage activity and business, ensure business continuity. Uh, they want to keep things going, so I suppose this is this is a way of doing it. As enhanced smart workout work toolkit uh, in the Vodafone business plan. Oh, so this is all business. What about consumers? There are therefore our unlimited packages have been designed to reflect the different needs of our customers. So we'll have to wait and see. It doesn't actually say in this article if it's um, if it's for pay-as-you-go customers as well. So we're going to have to see how that goes. Uh, let's see what else we have. Um, yeah, we have a story here about EA that they see a full year's revenue above estimates as home sheltering boosts gaming. Video game publisher Electronic Arts has today forecast a full year adjusted revenue above Wall Street estimates. The company's performance has been boosted by a broader surge in video game sales as people shelter at home due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Video game sales in the US have surged in the last two months as the virus shut down the country and forced millions inside their homes, with sales in March hitting their highest in over a decade. And I suppose that that is the same everywhere. Uh, So they've worldwide... I've even played, you know, I actually had stopped playing the PlayStation for a while, but I've actually gone back playing a little bit lately. I was playing um, Tomb Raider, one of the, I have two Tomb Raider games on downloaded and one on disc, the, all the PS4 ones, and they're all they're all great games. So I've been back and forth through some of those, and yeah, it's good. It's a good way to pass time. Do you know when you're at home, you can't go out and you look at there's not you've watched the shows you want to watch, and you know. Uh, there's not there's nothing you think about doing. A good way to pass a bit of time is just to play a play a video game. So analysts expect the extended stay at home orders to further boost sales and user engagement for video games across all platforms. So they're doing quite well at the moment. Let's see what else we have in the news. Airport staff use smart helmets to scan temperatures. So we've seen these um 
We've all seen the video of people uh, using the guns to measure people's temperature in airports, in lots of different places. Uh, this is just another step up from that. Staff of Italy's busiest airport are using augmented reality helmets to scan passengers' temperatures. Uh, the airport in Rome is now the first to use smart helmets to check the temperature of travellers. The helmets are equipped with portable thermo scanners and can screen people for symptoms of the coronavirus at a very safe distance of up to seven metres away. Well, that's very effective. I got one of the little pen ones and you have to have it almost touching you, just just uh, like an inch away from your forehead to get a temperature measurement on that. So that's, that's seven metres away is very good. Airport staff wear the big black Robocop-style helmets along with masks, gloves, and their uniform. Yeah, it does look... It, there's a picture over here, and it's, it's mad-looking. Uh, the thermoscanner measures body temperature, and a view of the scan is transmitted to the visor inside the augmented reality helmet. Very futuristic, isn't it? So uh, whoever is wearing it can see the full body scan right in front of their eyes. Uh, this is a smart helmet, a helmet equipped with a thermal camera capable of detecting the infrared heat emissions of bodies passing through its range and a normal camera, explained the senior engineer of Silete Spa, one of the companies that developed the helmet. It is able to detect the temperature of the single person but also of groups and can signal to the operator if there is a person with a temperature that is above the threshold set by the Italian National Institute of Health. So that's very interesting. It's a bit, uh, it's a bit like out of a horror movie or something. But uh, I suppose if it helps to keep people safe, and uh, it, I, is it possible for people to have temperatures and not even know, or is it just like people are sick and they they're they're traveling anyway, kind of thing? Like if you're sick, you should be at home, you know. So people shouldn't be out and about. But uh, maybe it's possible for you not to realize it or something. I don't know. But um. Okay, we're going to take an ad break now. Uh, we'll be back in a few minutes after these with some more tech news. You're listening to Tech Thursday with Patrick Sheehan. West Limerick 102 FM. West Limerick 102. And you're very welcome back to Tech Thursday. Uh, next story is Britain's biggest telecom group, BT, has suspended its dividend until 2122, uh, one of the biggest on the London Stock Exchange. It also says it's pulling its financial outlook in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. BT said the cash saving would bolster it through the expected financial crash that will lead to lower revenues from sports customers, reduced business activities and more cautious spending. So they decided almost to take themselves out of the public eye. Uh, the new programme will cost £1.3 billion to achieve and will uh, deliver annualised gross benefits of £2 billion by March 2025 as it switches off many legacy programmes and uses new technologies to improve. So uh, they're trying to shore things up there to ensure their future. So that's the way they're going about that. Uh, Telefonica is to merge uh, UK unit O2 with Virgin Media. The UK businesses of Liberty Global and Telefonica will merge to create a new player in the UK mobile and broadband communications in a deal valued at £31 billion sterling, including debt. Uh, the parent companies said that they expected to achieve £6.2 billion synergies on an annual basis by the fifth full year after closing. They will have equal ownership of the combined entity, they added. 
The joint venture will invest ten billion in the UK market over the next five years. Uh, the company said the deal would value Telefonica's O2 at £12.7 billion sterling and Liberty's Virgin Media at £18.7 billion, both on a total enterprise value basis, including debt. So it's just more of the big corporations kind of merging into into even bigger corporations. Um, I suppose they might have challenges for the competition uh companies and things like that but i suppose maybe phone companies there might be enough there uh to to compete okay so tom cruise will work with nasa on a first movie filmed in space nasa says the international space station will be the set that's pretty amazing uh, so i guess tom you know they always show how strict these um challenges you have to be able this training you have to go through and everything to be able to become an astronaut but um, I suppose Tom Cruise is a qualified pilot. He's a very fit guy. He does a lot of his own stunts and movies and things like that. So I suppose he's the, of any movie stars, he's probably the one that has the best chance of being able to uh, qualify to be an astronaut. <laughs> that would be amazing. Uh, NASA is working with Tom Cruise to film the first movie shot on space, according to NASA administrator Jim Brestein. The details of the project aren't clear, but Bredenstein says the film will take place aboard the International Space Station. He didn't say how Cruise will be participating in the adventure, but a NASA spokesperson confirmed to CNN that Cruise will launch to space and stay on board the ISS. It says the Cruise is well known for uh, doing increasingly dangerous stunts, as I was saying earlier, including clutching the side of an Airbus A400 as it took off in 2015's Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. It's hard to think of a more difficult stunt to pull off than making a feature film in space, yeah. So that's if it, if he pulls that off, it'd be amazing. I wonder, could they do a Mission Impossible-style thing and pretend there's explosions and stuff and then add them in later, you know? Or, I don't know. It sounds amazing, anyway. So our next news story is Google Authenticator's first Android update in years lets you move your account between devices, a much-needed improvement to the multi-factor authentication app. Google Authenticator, the company's code-based authentication app, has received its first update in three years, updating the app's interface for larger screens, with more modern aspect ratios and delivering one of the platform's most needed features. Oh yeah, that's changed recently, actually. There's a lot of, like, taller phones, tall, narrower phones, and, of course, there's flip phones and things like that as well now, the bendable screens, so they need different aspect ratios, so they need to... um, update android uh for doing things like that uh, the android version was last year was last updated on the 22nd of august 2017 while ios was updated around a year ago to adjust for the iphone x screens now for the first time authenticator users will be able to easily transfer their account from one device to another without needing to manually transfer each code or disable and re-enable two-factor authentication on each account the update introduces the feature through an import-export tool that lets you choose which account to include and transfer during a single QR code scan. So that's handy, it just makes it a bit quicker if you're changing devices, things like that, go jumping from one device to the other. So um, it's all about making things more streamlined, easy to do, more simple. So I kind of I like things like that. I like I welcome when, when things are made a bit easier for us. Uh, the new Sonos uh, 5 looks and sounds identical to the Play 5 it's replacing. Uh, so there's Sonos is known for their high-end 
speakers like uh, with Google Home or um, uh, I don't think they do Apple, but they do Amazon as well. Uh, speakers. So they have a refresh. They have a new one out. Uh, is refreshing its best sounding music speaker today. But the new product is so similar to its predecessor that there's zero reason for anyone with a Play 5 to consider an upgrade. Uh, so this article in The Verge says that it's not much different. It's also $500 as well, so probably around the same in euro over here. Uh, the new speaker is called the Sonos 5, and though it shares branding with the Sonos 1, which was the company's first product with built-in voice assistant capabilities, the Sonos 5 Oddly, does not include a built-in microphone. Okay, so maybe not. Uh, for use with Amazon Alexa and Google Assistant. So they're kind of famous for those nowadays. So it's very unusual to have a Sonos speaker that doesn't have that. Sonos told the writer that uh, it's fully focused on sound performance with this product. And points that the uh, reasoning for why it didn't add mics uh, to the design. That the company also says that customers tend to put the Play 5 and now Sonos 5 in spots where an assistant would be inconsequential and of limited use but i don't know i'd prefer to have it and not need to use it then then never you know not be able to have it and if the last one had it why would you replace it with an inferior product you know even if the sound is a little bit better why not just add i don't know maybe it just saves a bit of money as well and licensing i suppose licensing is very expensive for amazon and google and things like that so it save them a bit of money that way now, the NFC specification is adding a new wireless charging standard. Wireless charging could be coming to even more devices in the future. The NFC forum has announced an update to the short-range wireless technology that adds a form of wireless charging to the standard. Uh, future NFC devices could offer wireless charging fun- functionality, albeit in a way that's far more limited than the popular QI standard used by almost every other device via 95 Google. Uh, the new NFC standard is far slower than QI charging, offering up to 1 watt speeds compared to the base QI speeds of 5 watt. And there's fast charging now as well uh, of 10 watt or more on standard. Yeah, I've heard, um, what was it, 30 watt fast charging, uh, wireless fast charging on some of one of the new phones recently uh it'll require new hardware you won't be able to just get a firmware update and suddenly be able to have nfc bit yeah of course it needs a it needs a receiver uh as do the the phones with wireless charging i had a, a wireless char- i think i had the first wireless charging phone in lg g2 or g3 and when you take the back panel off there's like a flat um metal plate on the back of it that uh that receives the charge um so yeah any device will have to have an equivalent to that uh, considering the speeds are slow compared to qi one might wonder why anyone would bother to use nfc charging at all but it could be handy for like wireless earbuds that don't need that much charge and the char- like i notice um i have um Empow flame wireless uh ear well they have a wire between them but they're they're not wired to the phone uh and they they charge up really quick and they last for like days and days even my um uh my mi band 4 watch like an hour hour and a half it's charged up and it lasts for two weeks no joke like easily two weeks so um smaller devices that have less power drain will last pretty long so you know slow charging might be too bad for things like that you could you know take off the watch when it's getting low throw it on and wirelessly charge it um, overnight and then it's ready for a couple of weeks again. So 
Um, yeah, it might be a bad idea, but it says here, but the key idea behind the new NFC standard is not that it'll use it'll be used to replace QI charging on things like power-hungry smartphones, but rather complement it. Unlike QI, which requires physical large coils to transmit power between devices, the new wireless charging specification WLC, uh, as it's formally called for NFC, allows for a single antenna to manage both communication and charging of the device. Oh, that's very handy. The idea is that smaller devices like headphones, fitness trackers and smartwatches all of which often already feature NFC antennas for connectivity, could use the new NFC-based standard for charging on the go, using similarly NFC equipment, uh, equipped smartphones as reverse wireless chargers. So that's fair. Also, you could use your phone to charge up your uh, earphones or watch or things like that. Uh, while the WLC standard has been officially added to the NFC specification, it'll still take time for the hardware companies to implement the new charging tech, assuming that they decide to use it at all. I have a feeling they will. That'd be something that'd be very handy. They definitely will, and the Chinese companies will definitely start integrating things like that. So that's that's very interesting now. Um, okay, I'm going to take uh, another piece, piece of music. And I'll be back after this with more Tech Thursday. Thank you for listening. This is Patrick Sheehan. You're very welcome back to Tech Thursday. It's Patrick Sheehan with you. Uh, As you know, at the moment, there's pretty much zero sport on. (laughs) It's so so bad that people were watching marble races and things like that that people were doing in their backyard. um, So... But one of the first sports to come back, I know they were working on, is it soccer in Germany or something with no audiences and things like that, bits and pieces. But one of the first major sports to come back is, um, well, WWE's been on, they've been pre-recording it, but that's not really a sport, it's more of a entertainment thing. Uh, the first, one of the first major sports to come back is UFC, MMA. And it's actually on um, this weekend, uh, Ferguson versus Gaethje. Uh, UFC 249 is on uh, over in America it's pay-per-view but here it'll be on um, BT Sports uh, it's back uh, I suppose the reason they were able to do it it was supposed to be on a few weeks ago and UFC are now nowadays are owned by Disney and Endeavor and uh, they actually decided to pull it at the last minute uh, it was not supposed to be on ESPN and they decided to pull it at the last minute because there was some backlash. So since then, well, up to then even, they were supposed to have had some uh, good procedures in place for safety. But since then, they've upped it even more. So there's been videos all week uh, coming up to this of um, the fighters, the tra- the coaches, things getting the the te- COVID-19 tests. You know, they're putting the, the long earbud looking things <laughs> extra extra large earbuds into the back of their noses and getting the samples and uh, testing them and everything like that so um, they've been all kept separate on fight night it'll be even the commentators the three of them used to sit together they'll be spread out uh, in different corners and the, it's all social distancing uh, there'll be like two fighters in uh, once they finish, it'll be they'll be taken out, and why? You know the the cage will all be cleaned, and then next one's in, and it'll be a lot of procedures in place t- for social distancing. The only the only <laughs> place there'll be no social distancing is when they're actually fighting. So, um, also <laughs> there's been a 
Fight Island, they've been planning as well. The uh, Dana White, who's the the CEO of the UFC, has um, apparently bought or rented an island, or <laughs> I don't know what he's doing, but he's building like a a venue there for um, for fights and things like that for international because of flights not going out in and out and things like that of different countries. He's bought an, an island that has no restrictions, I suppose, and must have an airport as well, and. Uh, so there's going to be uh, some international fights there, but this fight this weekend is in Florida, which um, has is not uh, they haven't been hit as bad by COVID nineteen, and the restrictions are a bit less there as well. So that's why they're able to ho- hold it there. It was supposed to be on a few weeks ago in uh, Takeshi Palace uh, in California, which is on Native American uh, grounds. So they're actually they don't have. Um, the same rules as the other states. They have their own laws into their own because uh, it was a deal that was done uh, kind of, uh, between the, the US government at the time and the Native American people that they were able to own and use their lands, make up their own laws as they as they see fit um, on their native grounds. So um, it was supposed to be there a few weeks ago. Now it's in Florida and the future events could be on... Fight Island, <laughs> Dana White um, in an interview said that McGregor, Conor McGregor, uh, our very own, is uh, very anxious to fight on the Fight Island. But I also see online and, and in his own, you know, uh, uh, any any videos he's put up that he's very um, strict about people not flying in and out and things like that. So I would be very surprised if he left the country to go fighting in the next few weeks. Uh, I'd say it'll be months uh, rather than weeks, so. Uh, UFC 249 has been resurrected from the dead and is alive and taking place in Florida. Uh, by the way, it's one of the best cards of the year. You know, there's um, Justin Gaethje and uh, Tony Ferguson. You have Henry Cejudo and Dominic Cruz. Uh, Francis Ngannou against Volk, Volk, Volkanovski, I think. But you have, oh, it's a stacked card. Very, very good fights now. So uh, that's something really looking forward to. Um, uh so that'll be that'll be a big event on this weekend now with a little bit of sport back of course it'll be like uh 11 p.m before it starts or something like that um and it'll be going on till five or six a.m so now uh, in other news elon musk shares photos of his newborn son <laughs> i don't know how to pronounce the name it's an x an a and an e stuck together and an age dash 12 it's something to do with an airplane apparently um he had his uh, the the son with Grimes, who's I don't know is what is she? I she, uh, I don't know if she's a singer or an artist or what is she? But uh, uh, he explains the name, and I saw him on a tweet explaining it. Something to do with an airplane, and <laughs> there's lots of different things. It's very uh, I, I don't know if he's somebody who's saying it could be illegal to have the <laughs> to have that name, but uh, congratulations to him anyway. So. Uh, it's great. I think he has like five kids or something. I didn't even know he had one. So uh, it's, there's lots of memes going around about um, the, how do you pronounce the baby's name and it's just a weird noise or something. And uh, Yeah, it's a very strange name, but uh, he's definitely a unique person. You know, he's one of these entrepreneurs that, that helps the world go forward by new technologies coming up with and he's he's and apparently he's uh, engineers are big fans of his the a lot of the best engineers in the world want to go and work for tesla and because they're doing 
crazy stuff. You know, they're coming up with new space technology, new car technology, everything like that. They're pushing the boundaries and pushing uh, technology forward, I suppose. Uh, we might take another bit of music now and uh, talk to you soon after this. You're listening to Tech Thursday with Patrick Sheehan. Do you remember the time when you were gone from you're very welcome back to Tech Thursday. Uh, we actually have another Tesla story. They're allegedly planning to restart production. Uh, an anonymous source claims that Tesla is staffing backup for limited vehicle production in California. Uh, the CEO, Elon Musk, has said it's abundantly clear how he feels about California's stringent shelter-in-place orders. And according to a report publishing on Wednesday by the San Francisco Chronicle, Tesco's Fremont factory may be gearing up to restart production, at least on a limited basis. The state of California ruled that Tesla's production of cars was non-essential and forced the plan to go idle. However, it kept going a week after it was supposed to shut down, even though the factory did eventually cease production. Now the Chronicle says the factory may be preparing to start back up, citing an anonymous source from, well, I suppose, they might be getting ready to start up straight away, but they might be like, getting everything ready to go that when they're given the the go ahead they will be able to crank it up straight away you know have everything in place maybe have a, just a limited people come in to prepare for um prepare for a restart as quickly as possible you know which people we you know we will need to do eventually because uh you know uh, once we get a handle on the disease and limit its spread as much as possible uh when we're out and about uh, we will need to crank the economies back up and things get the world going again, you know, because things were going quite good before the before the disease came around. So hopefully we can uh, get back up and running again. Uh, LG Budget mobile phone launches on Boost Mobile for $90 in America. The K51 comes with three rear cameras and an Android, uh, an Android 9. Uh, LG Electronics' new Budget smartphone has launched on Boost Mobile with the LG K51 sporting a 6.5-inch HD display. It retails for 150 but it's currently on sale for 90 quid. Uh, the new phone is LG's K-series. That's unbelievable. 90 quid for a three-rear uh, camera. Now we'll see what make it. But even just to, for them to be able to buy three camera units, have a 6.5-inch screen, um, that's unbelievable. Uh, three rear cameras, uh, 13 megapixel, 5 megapixel, and uh, super wide, and a 2 megapixel bokeh uh, for the blurry background. <laughs> the LG has also 4,000 milliamp hour battery, not bad. 3 gig of RAM, average, not, not too bad. 32 gig of storage, uh, a little bit below average, but for, for, a, <laughs> for, a, for a phone, a lot more expensive. Um, and an external micro SD card slot for up to two terabytes of storage. That's brilliant. MediaTek Helio. I'm not as much of a fan of those. Uh, more of a, I prefer the standard processors. But still, though, uh, I had a MediaTek in my last phone, which I've forgotten the name of now. Uh, it was their highest end one. And do you know what? It wasn't great. But in maybe in a lower end phone, it mightn't be as bad. It doesn't have as much to do. Um, a headphone jack. Uh, fingerprint sensor, Google Assistant key. Oh, that's a good idea. Like a, a key just for a Google Assistant. Uh, that's brilliant. Yeah. What What is that again? That's the the K fifty one from LG. So if you're looking for a budget phone, I I'm not sure about the availability here, but online I've had loads of stuff like this. Um, 
I have an insignia speaker that was only for sale in America, and I just found it on eBay and bought it, and it was it was came from America over, but it didn't even cost that much extra or anything like that. So stuff nowadays is very worldwide. You know, you can get stuff online. So that's pretty handy. Uh, Facebook, um, their bug may be responsible for popular apps crashing. So several apps, including TikTok and Spotify, suddenly malfunction on Wednesday, with some developers saying Facebook's software development kit is the culprit. Uh, Several popular apps crashed for many users on Wednesday afternoon, including TikTok and Spotify, and the issue may be connected to Facebook's developer toolkit. Which, led, uh, which lets third-party software programmers integrate their apps with the social network. Users complained that on Twitter that TikTok, Spotify, Tinder and Pinterest weren't working for them. Some people described apps crashing when they tried to launch them. So it could be a, face, a Facebook software fault. That's happened so many times. <laughs> Facebook have, have they've, you know what, they've bought apps that are much better than themselves. The likes of WhatsApp and Instagram and things like that. And they've just, uh, they've kind of helped in a way to ruin them, <laughs> you know. So um, I hope uh, they can just keep things going and stuff. Like uh, there was there was thoughts of getting rid of the, the end-to-end encryption on WhatsApp. If they did that, I'd get rid of WhatsApp. That's uh, the main reason I use it, because it's so safe, even though it's owned by Facebook. But um, hopefully they'll keep that. Um, another cheap phone, actually, is the Galaxy A, and for our last story of the day, because we're nearly ready, we're nearly finished for today, is the Galaxy A51. Uh, it's they says here in this article in CNET, it's the perfect. And of course, I'm a big fan of the A series phones. Uh, my brother has the A70, and it's it's amazing. It's I think it's a five thousand milliamp hour battery, or four and a half thousand. Um, Bigger screen than the the Galaxy, you know, the expensive Galaxy phones, um, the 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 high end phones has keeps its headphone jack. Uh, do you think it has a six hundred series or seven hundred series processor? So it wouldn't be as fast, but it makes no difference if you're not a gamer or if you're not uh, doing mad heavy usage. Um, even has good cameras and everything. So the A-series are very good, especially the A70. I'm a big fan of that. Uh, the, but they have a new one now. It's the A51. Samsung proves you can build a 400-quid phone that people actually want to use. Um, so the question is, Samsung A51, the answer is simple. It's good. In fact, Samsung's budget phone, uh, 329 in the UK, 599 Australian dollars, more than holds its own against the Apple iPhone SE. Um so the screen size and clarity font features camera quality and performance it delivers in all every way but one so what's the one it doesn't deliver in uh they said uh, how it stacks up uh 8.6 i don't know what these details are but it has a 6.5 inch screen uh wide angle camera option headphone jack and what they don't like is the processor speed drags yeah so when you don't have the the the, eight, the 800 series uh processors they usually do no water resistance uh yeah i a lot of them say they don't have water resistance too because they don't want to pay to get the official rating but a lot of them do um my wife's phone the xiaomi mi 9t pro um didn't get any ip rating as far as i know but somebody stripped them down and they have all the seals and everything built onto them so they are actually waterproof it's just they don't want to pay an extra 100 quid or 120 quid or whatever it costs to get the phone certified uh, so they can keep the price down. 
uh, as the first real represent. Now I don't know if this is the case with the Galaxy phone, but it, it may be because it's a budget phone. Uh, as the first real uh, first real uh, representative of the Galaxy A family in the US, the A fifty one. Also, they're only starting to launch them now. America's got some nice phones, budget phones on the way. As a convincing effort that proves that Samsung can make a good mid price phone that people will want to buy. I suppose they see the success of them over here. Um, how well they're doing. It's, uh, the A70s, A4, my niece is an A40. They're, they're all pretty good. So does it give any of the specs here? Uh, so the A51 has its own charms. It doubles as the, uh, they're to keep uh, comparing it to the iPhone SE on board storage. Uh, started, yeah, but the, I, I think the, the specs on the iPhones, though, are, are cut back a bit more than, than on these. These seem to just they work well. It's just, they don't seem like oh they're just a step down from the from the bigger ones. They seem to be a thing of their own. They're an actual budget phone. Whereas the the Apple ones feel like it's like we what can we take away from the bigger ones or what you know. It, it, I don't know. It just seems full of I don't know. Maybe they're much they're probably probably much the same. But I think they work a bit better. Uh, giving you 128 gig out of the gate uh, compared with the SE 64 gig. Uh, it supports external storage too, which the uh, Apple doesn't. The Samsung screen is much larger with slim bezels that make the phone feel modern uh, with a uh, committed to a little wasted space. Battery life is also on par between the two phones. Both come in around 16 hours. They didn't say how many milliamp hours they are though. Um, with more lab tests on the way. So that it must be bigger because Apple is famous for not using battery that much. So I presume the Galaxy's battery is bigger. And with some changes to the software, it it could be even better, I suppose, than the Apple. Um, Galaxy A51 also stands its, on its ground with the camera. Uh, typical ways this, uh, that Samsung phones and iPhones compare. Galaxy photos are more saturated. Yeah, Samsung are famous for that, their screens as well. But I kind of like that anyway. I, I, <laughs> I'm a bit... I'm not a very, a very purist to consider, and I'm a photographer as well. I like a slightly saturated picture. It just the colors pop, and it's nice. Same with music, just like a little bit of extra bass because it just sounds better. So that's the Samsung uh, A5, Galaxy A51. Another might be worth looking into. And uh, that's almost my lot for today. I hope you I hope you've enjoyed Tech Thursday for this week. I've been Patrick Sheen with you, and I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. You're listening to Tech Thursday on West Limerick 102 FM.